0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Business Leader Insight. We're in London today where we're talking to the new dragon and the founder of the social chain, Stephen Bartlett. Uh, Stephen has gone from a university dropout to a multi-millionaire and we'll be talking to Stephen today about his career. And we just want to say thank you to our presenting partners today, Nightstone Capital. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you for having me. I'd like to start at the start, Stephen, and just talk to you about your kind of yeah, career, how, how, how it kind of began. I, I understand you'd kind of dropped out of university quite uh, early and just wanted to, to get your kind of thoughts around that.
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I left university at, after one lecture at 18 years old. I, uh, I think at about 16 years old, I I'd also realised that school wasn't really for me. So I stopped going to school um, other than my psychology lesson and my business lesson, which I enjoyed. And then uh, eventually by the end of sixth form, I'd been expelled and basically told to do my exams from home, went off to university, um, thinking that it was going to be different from school very quickly learned that it was pretty much the same and left school uh, after my first lecture went to yeah. the office uh, the business office and deferred
0: never went back and then i uh,
1: set off into the world of business
0: i understand you, you founded the the social chain uh then obviously that that kind of floated or, or you put it public at a very very young age i mean that that is o- almost unheard of I mean, can you just talk me through where where did you think you got that kind of drive and and mentality from
1: the business started as a marketing business and then um kind of dwarfed into being a media company as well we started as a marketing business because we had you know 100 million followers on social media across football accounts and music accounts and sports accounts and all these big social communities so we were getting paid by brands like amazon and uber and coca-cola to teach them how to use social media to achieve whatever business objectives they had and then that in and of itself we split the business into it became a media company We're doing 7 billion video views a month on on social media. And then when you have a big audience and you know how to do marketing, the obvious thing to do is to create your own products. So we launched an e-commerce vertical in our business, which today is the biggest part of our business. It'll do, I don't know, about 250 million this year in revenue. And it was was at that moment that we tried to get um, e-commerce expertise into our company. So we found a company in Germany through our investors that did e-commerce and we merged with them which made us a public company and that company is became the whole group became called social Chain. and as it relates to drive I don't really know it's an interesting question it's it's one of those things you know when people say like how are you how are you motivated or what's driving you it's an interesting one because I don't think we we really tend to know I think a lot of drive comes from trying to avoid various types of discomfort in your life and uh and that that, for some people like me, I think, means that you're pursuing money or financial freedom a lot of the time, or
0: yeah, it's an interesting question and when when you kind of set the business up at such a young age, like you know did you have the vision then that you wanted to grow it big, or did you just want to kind of do something?
1: Well, I've never really done anything that I didn't want to be big, not necessarily big, but just really good. And I don't think it's necessarily that I care about the size of the thing. It's that. The size of the thing is an inevitable consequence of doing things well, especially as I've got older. It's actually, I definitely think it's a learned thing. Um, I've definitely le- learned the belief that it really matters to do everything you do really well. Sure. And that's compounded over time because it's gone to greater results in my life. So.
0: And I, I noticed you recently spoke to Nick Jenkins and he yeah. he kind of said a really interesting point that you know, can you have success without kind of sacrifice? What, what, what do you think about that? Do, do, you, do you have to work an 80 hour week to achieve what you've achieved? Or, or is it something that, that just comes if you, if you do things right, like you said? It's an interesting one, because the word sacrifice
1: alludes, it leads, it leads you astray because it assumes you're not doing something that you want to do in order to do something else. Whereas every decision I've made, even if it, I don't like the thing I'm doing, is what I wanted to do. If I have to stay up on a Sunday and look at an Excel sheet, it's not a nice thing to do. I'd rather, you know, I'd, I think I'd find more enjoyment from watching Manchester United play. But in that moment, based on my long-term priorities, that's what I want to do. So I think the word sacrifice can make it seem like you're you're holding yourself back from pleasure. But um, in fact, when I, when I take a long-term time horizon, my business is my pleasure. So I probably don't think I've sacrificed anything mm. because I made my own choices. But do I think you need to work 80-hour work, work weeks to be successful? Well, I think hard work really matters. And... I can't think of many examples where people have achieved great success without real hard work. You know, I've searched and I've searched and I've searched. You can become successful without working hard. Mm -hmm. But um, could you have been greater? Could you have been more successful? Could you have gone further? Could you have created more uh, if you'd worked harder? I think the answer is yes. It's such a sort of subjective thing, in a sense, because we all have our different limits and we're all completely different. But I don't know, I, I, I just love working. And so there's not really a need for separation between my life and my
0: work it's for me it's a harmony no, so that's a nice answer and I, I, you know i've I listened to your, your podcast a lot Stephen. i think i think it's it, it's brilliant and i really like the when you talk to sort of steve, uh, professor steve uh, peters uh, and about mindset and you know e- even before you spoke to Stephen and things maybe you were, you were doing naturally and didn't know that, that they were kind of things about mindset. how, how have you stayed focused and, and like you say you know making those not not sacrifices but instead of watching manchester united working on this Excel spreadsheet? For me, it comes down to
1: my values and what I value in life. And there's very few things that I really, really value. And the things that I do, I'm like all in on. That's just the way it is for me. And it's really, really worked out. So like with my health, I'm like all in on my health now because yeah. I value it. I deeply value it. That means I go to the gym every single day without fail. I don't miss that. Even if it's at 2am in the morning, like last night I was in the gym at 2 a. I won't miss it. And then I'll come home and I'll eat healthy because I value my health. Mm. So I'm all in on that. With my business, with my podcast, with anything else that I do, I'm like all in on it, and then I just, I just don't give a fuck about anything else. Like, so all the other stuff doesn't really matter to me. So I don't go on dates, I don't go on Tinder, I'm not like playing World of Warcraft online at 2 a.m. I'm very all in on the things that I care about and and not on the other things. And and also because those things are so in line with my like intrinsic passions and joys, I don't need to go and find motivation. It's like asking someone if they need to find motivation to like, I don't know, watch Manchester United play. If you enjoy it, you don't need to, it's not that hard to find the motivation to do it. That's why I don't actually think I'm that motivated necessarily. Because I mean, motivation in the way it's described in culture is like being able to overcome the desire to do something else. Uh, like for example, in school, like I couldn't go to school. I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and listen and listen to something I didn't want to hear. I just couldn't do it. That's why my, my attendance was 30% and I got kicked out. I'm not good at that. I'm good at saying I don't want to do that stuff and going and filling my life with all
0: the things I care about and then I look motivated to the world no no so it's, it's an interesting perspective and on the shift in mindset, you also talk about how you kind of develop your own personal brand obviously uh, as a business leader and and, and and all of our subscribers are you know there's one thing growing the business isn't there but then you know can you just give some insight and some tips into how to successfully grow a, a personal brand like you have
1: there's, I mean, there's maybe a couple of parts to it. The first part that pops to mind is whatever your message and your story is. And if you want to make your story compelling, then uh, to the point where people will listen to it, enjoy it, share it, and that it's um, of value to the world, then it has to be, I think, in some respects, somewhat different. Mm. And different, again, is a, a purposefully ambiguous word. Different can mean brutally honest. Different can mean hilarious. Different can mean incredibly vulnerable, and. For me, like the stance that I took is that I would be very honest and open, regardless of the potential backlash or what people thought of me. Mm. And it's like really that's also really worked for me. Just being willing to say whatever I think, largely, and um, that cuts through fluff and virtue signaling in a world where we've got so much of that and not enough truth. So it's done served me really well. That's on the on the message part. The other part is obviously like how where you put the message. So we're talking about platforms here. And fortunately, my, my, my business was built on social media. Like, I knew how to grow big social media communities. I know how to make content and videos. And I know how to, I understand the algorithms and stuff. So I'm fortunate, very much like Gary Vaynerchuk is, that we've both got a message. We both work in the social media industry. So it's no surprise that, like, two of the biggest personal brands in business both ran social media agencies mm-hmm. because they understood the platforms. And then there's all the other stuff, which is, like, fairly obvious, and I talk about a lot, like, consistency. And not like that consistency where you're like, I'm gonna do this for two months. It's like, are you willing to start now and then, and then people sit here 10 years later and ask you questions like this? Most people would say no to that. But, um, but if you don't really care about the outcome, you care about really enjoying the process like I did. Like I genuinely enjoy this. I, find, I found doing my podcast at the start when no one was listening really cathartic. I found it like therapy. It's almost inevitable if you're not a total idiot because you learn so much from being consistent um, in fact, you learn all everything from being consistent. So like the first Instagram quotes that I posted were all like, everything happens for a reason, like be positive, stay humble. Mm. Just total nonsense, you know what I mean? That no one cares about. But it was the feedback, like listening to the feedback, looking at the analytics and going, oh, no one cares about that. That's so cliche. I'll try something else tomorrow. And then you do that for 10 years, you become a master in anything. Mm. So all the answers are hidden in consistency. The development's are hidden in consistency. The skill is hidden in consistency. My first video that I shot in a room like this with cameras facing me, I'm sat up against, and you can find it on YouTube if you go searching for it, but it's a two-minute video. And there's a reason why the video starts and the background is daylight. And then by the end of the, vi- the end of the two minutes, it's pitch black. Mm. It's because it took me seven hours to finish the video.
0: Sure. Yeah. Because I didn't,
1: I was shitting myself and I didn't know, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. that again is over time I learned because of consistency, the skill of speaking to a camera mm. and how to be more concise with my thinking. Mm. So I, I give a lot to consistency. A lot of people don't want to hear that though because it's just, no one likes un- guaranteed reward, rewards 10 years from now. It's
0: a really hard sell. I think that, that, that is a really interesting point Then, Like you say, it's, it's, it's doing those, those harder things and, and gaining that consistency that are that important, Stephen. Also, um, in your book, that there was an interesting part where you talk about um, social media and, and, and material gains and, and that not necessarily being linked to happiness. I just want to get your, you know, right now, as you sit here today, what, what for you is happiness? Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. I feel,
1: every day I feel just content with my life. But then I get this burning this burning thing inside me almost every other day, maybe every day, maybe every other day, which just tells me how much more I could be doing in all, walks of, in all walks of everything that I do. Well, it's weird. I've always had this like contradiction of being fully content and now, well, more recently anyway, knowing that I am just, I have everything I need and more. I'm like so unbelievably grateful for my life. But at the same time, I just have this burning desire that I know I can do more and be more. Happiness to me now is just having a life full of people you really love while you're striving towards goals that are worthwhile, I think is really just the most important thing, um, professionally and personally. You know, it's funny because all, um, all of the answers to questions like this that are all kind of profound and uh, vague and subjective, they all, the, the answer's always equally um, ambiguous, it's always fluffy. Even In the book where I talk about why you quit things, it's always it's always really ambiguous and fluffy, and, and these answers have to be because they have to fit everybody. So if I said to everybody in this room now, would you be happy if you was if your life was full of people you loved and you were striving towards a worthwhile challenge? Everyone would say yes, because you define what worthwhile is to you. You define what how challenging something is to you, you define, you know, people you love. And so that's where that I think that encompasses everything. I can't find a hole in that.
0: You touched on it earlier a bit with, with the consistency thing, but from, from your experience and, and talking to a lot of people in business, what what would you say are some of the, the characteristics that are common for successful people? It's um, an interesting question. Um, I used to be really naive, right? And I, used
1: to, I would answer this question and say, oh, follow your passion, blah, 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 blah. But then first my brain goes, well, you've got to define what success means. If it's like professional success in business, the common traits for me are tremendous resilience mm. because I say to all my friends when they start companies, there's going to come this day, right, where everything goes wrong, and it's so unbelievably hard that anybody that isn't really just in this deeply without remuneration will and should quit. Sure. And it happens every single time, so it's my best piece of advice because I know I'm, I know they're going to think I'm a genius in nine months from now when everything yeah. goes wrong and a pandemic strikes. So um, that great that tremendous resilience I think is so important. I'd say you can increase your probability of success if you are a good salesperson. Mm. that seems to be again a very broad thing that can apply to everybody but sales is everything sales is employing people and persuading them to leave their current job and join yours it's persuading investors it's it's new business and hiring getting clients it's everything it's every interaction you have this is a sales pitch now Mm. you know what i mean so i think that's probably the other sort of like macro factor that applies to everybody and i'll give you one more and it's so hard work yeah and people hate that people Uh, You know, there's this cultural revolution at the moment that like hard work is this toxic thing, but like I've never seen an Olympian that didn't work hard. And every really successful business person I've encountered in my life, I'll tell you that they all work hard. Yeah. They really, really do. So I understand that no one wants to get burnt out and that mental health is important. Mm. But if you're asking me how normal people achieve extraordinary things, hard work is a common denominator,
0: like a common factor. You know, we've got to talk about it because obviously that, that's what you're kind of uh, doing now it, what kind of investments are you looking for Dragons Den? what type of people and business are you yeah. looking to invest in it's, I've come to learn,
1: yeah i've come to learn from from in, investing generally that like a good idea with a bad entrepreneur is a bad idea it's okay. a bad investment and a, a like meh idea with a remarkable entrepreneur is a good investment and what i'm saying there is, is actually something that i learned at 18 years old when i met my first investor in london He was giving me 10 grand because to to me, 10 grand was, you know, Euro millions lottery win because I was, you know, stealing Chicago town pizzas. So that was like, I'm retired right now. Um, But he said to me in this restaurant in London, and I'd never even been in like a restaurant in London. I was just blown away that someone was pouring my water for me. I'll never forget the moment. I remember like my outfit because it was so profound to me. He went, well, you know, I don't really know what what this wall park thing is, Mm. but I know you're going to do something good one day. And I thought, what an idiot. Like, do you know what I mean? Investing in a company when you don't know what the idea is, what a total clown. And it wasn't until I invested in a company that had a brilliant product, but the founders were awful and I'd fallen in love with the product that I realized how right he was and that it's all about the people. So in the den, you can come in with a great idea or concept or whatever, but if I don't fully believe that you're going to be the resilient entrepreneur that's going to solve all of those problems I know are coming, its I'm just going to waste my money. And you'll see that, I think, in the den. You'll see that the investments I make are in people.
0: And that's do you, do you think there's a part of you that will invest in people who maybe have dropped out of school, or who've maybe had a, not, not necessarily a challenging background, but, but people who are maybe more unorthodox background, haven't gone through the, the, the traditional system. Do you think you would gravitate more towards people like that? If
1: their experience shows evidence that they are resilient, mm-hmm. which is a trait conducive with business success, then 100%. If they've been through hard times and survived, well business is a hard time and I need I need you to survive. Mm. So you've proven you've got evidence there that you are a resilient human. So
0: yeah, I would yeah. Moving away from short dragons then, just just kind of in business in general. What what, what worries you uh, uh, going forward about the future? And it's quite a big question, but we've had a pandemic mm. uh that, that we didn't kind of foresee coming. Are there any things that you think you, you know you are you are kind sort of concerned about and, and maybe play on your mind a bit in terms of being a businessman? I th- I think
1: the climate issue is definitely a big one. Yeah. That's something that's kind of creeping up on me a lot. And I I recently partnered with a company called My Energy that are in the sustainability um, space um, very much because of that. The other one that popped to mind was like misinformation and how that's polarizing people. And then once people become polarized, they make really shitty political decisions. So they put in power people that aren't so smart and that are um, slightly racist and divisive. Let's say on the vaccine issue, let's say that someone posts on Facebook and says, don't post, don't take the vaccine, it'll give you a third leg. Facebook can't delete that post. They can't censor it. We're not China. Mm. But at the same time, that post has a greater chance of being shared at a greater velocity mm. because it appeals
0: to the human um, negativity bias. You know, you've been very successful in business and in, in your life at a very young age. You know, they're they're two different worlds, but they, they they often cross over. You've got business and politics. Would you ever think about going into politics? I no. Not interested. You know,
1: as you do, I think people, they just want to keep going up in their life. So they want to keep climbing. And you think that the next rung up in terms of influence or change would be politics. But I don't actually think it is because, as Neil deGrasse deGrasse Tyson said, the people in power are just a reflection of what the electorate were thinking and feeling. So Boris Johnson is a reflection of what society was thinking and feeling and Donald Trump was a reflection and Bolsonaro in Brazil is a reflection of the electorate. So in fact, the most important people in our society are those that are influencing the electorate, what they are thinking and feeling, because then they just pick their puppet. So I think the thing that I find more enjoyable, but also would give me more freedom in my life, but I think would have greater change is just having a bigger platform and, and using it more, which means yeah, sharing my opinions on things more.
0: I just uh, I want to kind of um, end and, and maybe a maybe a penultimate question, Steve. Not on your your kind of podcast. Mm. Have you ever met someone that you were kind of really really surprised by that you thought, you know, I didn't realise that, that they, they were that kind of inspirational, or you know, who's really stood out for any, to uh, so many interesting people. Mm.
1: It, yeah, I mean, gotta be honest, most of my guests, mm. um, because what you know about them so like publicly in the public eye is usually not as deep as I come to know them on the podcast. And we'll sit there for, you know, two and a half hours and we'll talk about everything from, you know, suicide to their family members dying to very deep down personal things about their psychology and their insecurities and always about their childhood. And yeah, you learn, you learn to some remarkable things. But I think the most surprising thing of all is after doing almost 100 episodes, like, we are very predictable. And it's, that's the opposite. Of what i was expecting to find out i was expecting to find out that we're all so different and that if this happens to you when you're a child then any, you know it's a lottery as to how you can be as an adult but it seems to be quite predictable that if a human being goes through this experience either this happens and for me that's actually really liberating it's a really lovely thought that this is a shared experience this is the human experience and we're all in this together we're actually not that different and it makes a ton of sense because we all come from the same ancestors We've we've evolved over Tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of years. So we are all the same. We are all quite literally brothers and sisters. And I think that gives me a ton more empathy towards uh, towards humans generally. Knowing that like we're actually all the same. We all suffer the same things. We all feel the same pain. We all go through the same shit. Like, yeah. It's become quite predictable.
0: You, you mentioned that, that that commonality of, of people. I just want to end by, you know, our readers and our viewers, are, are business people, CEOs, but some people who may be on, on their journey. Mm. And if you know, what is your kind of message, your call to action to them who maybe are going through a really really difficult period, uh, and you know, just they just want that bit of inspiration from from someone who's kind of been there and done it. I think when you suffer and it's um, and
1: it's not worthwhile, then I think it's time to quit. But like the, what, I, what, I've, what I've come to learn in my life is that the best place to be in your business or professionally is in a place where you get to choose your, your suffering and your suffering is worthwhile. Mm. There's a lot of people that will be starting businesses um, or pursuing things in their professional life that they are doing for the wrong reasons. They are maybe doing because they, you know, they feel they don't have a choice. They're working under a boss that they hate and um, whatever it is. And I, I, always, I always think those people... Um, that they need to understand that quitting is also for winners and that knowing when to quit and, and change direction is important i don't implore all business owners to to carry on doing what they're doing i had to quit multiple times multiple things in order to get where i am today my first startup failed horrifically mm-hmm. you don't realize how much those excruciatingly difficult moments um, do for you but they do so much more for you than the better the good moments mm-hmm. like my i genuinely think the reason that i'm i've had success in my previous company was because my first company just failed tragically mm-hmm. And um I, I whenever I talk about like, oh, I'm worth this today, so my net worth say my net worth is what say fifty million or whatever and i've 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 been working for the last ten years. I actually think most of that value was generated in those first three years where i where I just underwent just an awful like awful failings, mm. and I'm very intentional to keep myself these days in positions where I, I feel like I am in pain okay. and i'm I'm suffering because those appear to be my growth moments, so
0: well they, they do say there's a circle that's where sort of, comfort is and the magic happens outside of that isn't it so i guess
1: just one step outside
0: just one, one step
1: on. just one step you want to have one foot in the zone of comfort and one step outside when you stray too far outside you get eaten by the sharks the one foot you step outside of the zone of comfort that becomes your new zone of comfort and then you just take another step outside and that's the way you kind of build evidence that you can and you're capable it's like the slow compounding upwards Oh my god! We tried this and it worked. Now we know we're going to try it one more. You know, and that compounds over time. You know, that's what Dragon's Den was for me as well. It was like I've been on camera for many, many years. I've done my podcast. Okay, there's more cameras now. I don't know who the fuck, where the fuck, are, like what I'm going to be doing here, or when I say I'm out, or you know, what I'm meant to ask. But it felt like the right stride outside of my comfort zone. And that's what I'm trying to do in my life now: is just like keep myself in mild, mild chaos at all times. Um, the science says that's good for
0: you. And we, we'll, we'll kind of close it there, cool. Stephen. But I like that mild chaos. I think that's a, a good uh, takeaway for it. I want to say thank, you, thank uh, you for your time today, Stephen, for Pretty that sure. insight. It was, it was, it was, it was inspirational.